Hello everyone, welcome back to This Week on Stadia. Today we are joined by our amazing, the most beautiful voice in the Stadia community, Adam Rocks. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Eddie. That's, wow. I hope I can live up to that. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, here on my top, uh, I don't know what angle is this, I think this is left. <laughs> I have Chase here. <laughs> How are you doing, Chase? Uh, man, it's been a week. It's been a week. Um, just got done with the Saturday morning stadia talk. Another great episode as always. And, uh, I am ready to talk some stadia, man. I'm actually invigorated. I just found out some interesting, uh, bits of news about something that digital foundry said this week, apparently that uh, really sensed me, uh, at the very end of that episode. I, I so. heard, I heard it at the end of your episode, but I'll let you share with our listeners and viewers here as well. Yeah, well, I'll let you introduce it, because if you've seen the actual quote, I have not, but people nope. were sharing with me what was said. Um, so I actually, MM, I think, tagged me in it. I'll go in, I'll pull it up, and I'll have it ready for when we talk about it later. All right. So doing the housekeeping first, as always we do, this podcast is affiliated to Stadia Source. StadiaSource.com is your number one source for Stadia News. Don't forget to check daily, StadiaSource.com. Also... Uh, this podcast is recorded every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You can join us to the live recording as we have here around 14 people right now and uh, 8 likes and I appreciate that. Okay, uh, first of all, as I said at the beginning, uh, before talking to Chase, I was talking to Adam cause, or Mr. Rock because um, I'm a huge fan of uh, everything you've done so far, even from the very first uh, pills, I'm gonna call it. Um, I don't know if it's pills, but your short podcast when you introduced Stadia, it was awesome, and I'm very happy to to have you here with us today. Oh, mate, I mean, it's such a massive honor. I mean, I keep saying this, but you know, it was just a few weeks ago that uh, <clears throat> I've been tuning in to you guys uh, as one of my major sources of, of Stadia content and Stadia information. So to be sat here today uh, as a guest is. <laughs> <laughs> Super, thank you. Oh, thank you very much, sir, for being uh, with us today. So uh, I've seen uh, you guys the things we're going to talk. I think uh, we will start about talking about games, and then we talk about the, everything that happened on the week. Basically, was uh, on Monday we had the Google Google for Games or Google GDC version. Uh, we're going to talk as our main story for tonight or today or time zone. This, I don't know what time zones you are. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's start with April games. Uh, the April Pro games have been announced for Stadium, and we have Serious Sam, we have Spitlings, and we have Stacks on Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Please, someone stop me when I already got the number right. <laughs> uh, I always get lost on the number of Stacks on Stacks on Stacks on Stacks on... Well, anyway... Um, First of all, I know Chase and I already had spitlings and we had a, 
wonderful time playing that game. Uh, it's awesome just to play the co-op. It's it's crazy. Uh, and Sirius and Chase already have played that game before. So uh, I want to hear from you, Chase, first your uh, impressions of getting those three games as pro and also that we're getting three games two months in a row instead of two. You know, it's the, the cadence is very interesting because they're they're conditioning us right to get three games a month, um, and um, it, prior to that, it was kind of the two, and now we're up to three. And I don't think this is something that's sustainable forever. By the way, I, I do think we're going to hit kind of a a, a mid ground where probably two is going to be basically what we get each month. But um, I, I I think this is just again they're basically setting the table and saying to us, everyone keeps saying, why does that $10 matter? Here's why the $10, this is what I'm saying, what they're saying. This is where the $10 matters. We're giving you two indie games that are awesome titles, at least in their opinion, right? We haven't played stacks on stacks yet, but we've played spitlings. We know that game's great. Um, Serious Sam, all three of those games are phenomenal. You know, if you've never played any of those, they're very much like uh, an early Doom style game. Uh, some people have made the comparison that it was Borderlands before Borderlands. Um, we've also heard some people make the comparison that it's like Duke Nukem, which I think is actually a good comparison. Um, they're fun, fun games. They really are. So you're getting a really good value this month. You're getting two, at least $15 titles. That's $30 bucks right there. You're getting a $30 um, collection. So you're already at 60 bucks. You're at the cost of a full AAA game. For one and month. It, for one month. So again, I, I think they're trying to really, you know, um, sell that. And, you know, uh, who kind of was talking about it this morning. I lost it again. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was. It was. So Wingy, Wingy had talked about on his most recent video that maybe Pro was their version of, um, how do you say it? Um Game Pass. I'm still on the fence about that. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. And I don't think the reason for that is because you don't have a catalog of 40 games where you just pay the subscription. You've got all of them. These games eventually go away. So I don't think that's what this is yet. But I will say they are making it extremely compelling. And these are excellent games, excellent, excellent games to be giving away basically for the 10 bucks. I mean, it's I, I was shocked when I saw Serious Sam was on here. I'm not going to lie to you all. I was like, wow. That's a pretty gutsy move by them to be giving a 30% as part of Pro. Rock, have you played any of those games before? Um, yeah, well, yeah, I've got um, Serious Sam, and I think I reviewed it a few weeks ago, and it is a, it's a great game. And, um, you know, it's such a throwback and, and, and great fun for it and because it's um, essentially um, low-quality assets. I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. Uh, but it loads really fast. It's a, yeah, it's a great casual game if you just want to crack in and get some shooting done. Um, Spitling, I did buy. I'll be completely honest. I refunded it because um, I just I tried and it kind of wasn't for me. But I'm really happy that it is a free pro game because I can give it a second chance. Um, and yeah, Stacks looks great. It, it reminds me actually of a, of a game that um, I played on the Sony VR headset. Um, which is a similar kind of Jenga type thing. You sort of build up physics, build layers up in a, in a physics world and, and then, you know, try and achieve a height and knock them down and stuff. But that looks really good fun as well. Chase is absolutely right. I mean, it's, um, I think it's quite interesting in, in some ways. 
I wonder whether this is Google's answer to, um, but most games aren't 4K. So, you know, well, I tell you what, if you're, if you don't feel justified in the 10 bucks, then we'll give you three games, which are, you know, I mean, two months in, you've paid for that sub for the year. So, you know, in a way, I think that's them giving back and saying it doesn't, I know Harrison said last June, uh, you know, uh, at, at its best, we'll be delivering 4K and that set a, a benchmark that unfortunately has beaten them every month since. But I think this is Google saying, but it's about the game, not the resolution, not the quality. Uh, you know, it's about, and these are players' games. You know, if you look at all of them, they're not, none of them are going to win awards for, for the next, uh, you know, um, uh, CGI award at the Oscars. But what they will, what they will be, are great games to play and to play with other people. So yeah, I think I think it's a cracking month, April. I think that's probably one of the best months so far. Yeah, especially talking about Spitlings, it's a great party yeah, game. Agreed. Uh, where you, uh, Sirius is um, single player, but Spitlings it's a greedy party game. If you get four players, to, uh, four people to play with you, you're gonna have a, a oh, great time. No. I can't hear Eddie. Oh, he, he I... was he was being very rude about you, Chase. So it's probably best that you don't hear what he said. To be honest with you, <laughs> I think he cannot hear anyone. Right? Yeah, I've completely just uh, this no. this this no. this is not. I've lost audio completely for Eddie and video. Um, oh no. <laughs> we, we, I can, I can hear everybody. Rock, um, can you reply if, um, uh, Rock, can you please say something just to see if Chase can hear you? Yeah, I don't think you can hear me either, Chase. Can you? I can hear, I can hear you, Rock, but I can't hear Eddie at all. That's okay. weird. Yeah, he can, he, he can hear me, but he can't hear you. Yeah, that's weird. Wow. Internet connections across the ocean <laughs> and, uh, things don't work. Uh, let me, uh, everyone here on the stream, well, hang on a second. I will just leave the call and I will be back and see if that fix for Chase. Uh, the April games. Chase, can you hear now? Yeah, I didn't hear that part. I, I heard what you just said now, but, um, in regards to the April games being good. Chase, can you hear me now? No, it doesn't look like you can, Eddie. Damn, Daniel. Yeah, I can see him talking, but I can't hear any any audio. That's weird. That's uh, weird. Um, hold on. Hello, Chase. In times like this, we always have backup plans. <laughs> yeah, we will trigger a backup plan if you can. Um, Adam, can you please ask Chase to leave the call and join in back again? Yeah, Chase, as you said, can you leave the call and come back again, please? Yeah, I can try. Uh, I'll introduce the world to Pug. There he is. <laughs> Chase, the, the, does that work? Yeah, but I don't think this is going to last very long, guys. It seems like, I don't know if it's Discord in, in general because it's too many people and a call is like throttling, but it's purposely like limiting video. Like I'm actually watching it happen. It cuts it out and then it starts cutting audio. I don't think it's it's going to happen again in probably another 10 minutes, Eddie. All right, if it happens again, I would go for a plan B here. I'm already working on one as we speak. Okay, thank you. Uh, in the meantime, guys, uh, let me see here. Okay, so we were talking about the April games, and um, I was just mentioning that Spitlings, it's a great party title, 
if you have four play uh, four people to play with you it will be awesome if you can get the game anyway moving on i think from the april games uh anyone has anything else to share about the april games i, I mean i think stacks would be great uh, amazingly uh it's you know it's exclusive for 12 months and we're getting it as a free pro game oh uh, i didn't so, knew it was yeah, exclusive for for that long yeah 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 it's for 12 months um according to the um the developer on the uh, Gloria Stadium podcast interview in the week. So I think, you know, that's to be applauded, not only to give us uh, a free game that has yet to be released to the world, but to give us one that's exclusive on Stadia. So that, you know, for me, they're really making an effort to, to, to prove that they're um, keeping this, uh, you know, keeping our, our side of the bargain up as, as gamers. So, yeah, I think it's excellent. And by the way, guys, um, if you didn't have that opportunity yet, go over the Glory of Stadia channel. They did an amazing interview with the developer of this Texas, 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 well, and uh, it has, yeah, it has a great insight of especially how an indie developer working with Google when people say that Google doesn't work with indies. Yeah. <laughs> been kicked kicked into touch this week isn't it <laughs> <laughs> all right um i i just realized it's something i want to ask your opinions on um it was uh, chase can you still hear me yes sir ah, okay good um at the beginning of the week at actually at tuesday we had the crew to arriving on stadium and mm -hmm. then later uh on the week we had lost word arriving on stadia this week um one thing that i i found it very interesting already about those two games it's one was uh, when i woke up the crew was already there and when i woke up uh lost words wasn't there lost words i think it released at eastern time at noon and the crew i don't know exactly the time because when i woke up it was already there do you guys have any comments on this? Like Stadia continues not being consistent of release uh, timing releasing of the games. Yeah, I I, I don't like it. Um, you know, personally, I, I don't think it's a good strategy. I think they need to get their cadence strategy. And, and I know you you actually put this pretty eloquent uh, eloquently, Eddie, that you thought that for new games they needed to be consistent. You didn't you didn't mind as much about older titles. I'm actually going to say it needs to be uniform for everything. I don't care if it's old, new, indifferent. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter necessarily what the case is because you can't condition people on two different release strategies. Um, you need to have one consistent cadence, and they're all over the place on this. Like this is the one thing I think that is an easy thing to clean up. And I, I'm going to be very honest. I don't think this is on the, you know, we've heard people say this one's on the developer that they've put together a contract and they don't want the game coming out at noon. There's no developer that's saying they're saying only release my game at noon EST. They're not, they don't, that's not the thought process. This is Stadia choosing to do that. They need to get their mind away from, again, this is that Silicon Valley versus the gaming landscape mindset of we'll just deliver something when we deliver it. You can't do that with gamers. You have to put a consistent strategy in place to where people aren't sitting there guessing. And, and again, all they're opening up is this argument. And, I, and again, I don't agree with this argument. It doesn't bother me that the games are coming out at noon, but there are people that care. If you start telling people, hey, 
The beauty about Stadia is that you can just launch the game as soon as you purchase it. Well, if that same game is out at midnight on another platform, but it doesn't come out until noon, you know what the argument's going to be? It's going to be, well, I could have downloaded the game by the time I got it on Stadia. That's going to be the retort. And whether we agree with it or not, it's the reality of what the response is going to be from folks on that one. So I think they just need to get one consistent strategy. If you're going to do it at noon all the time, fine, make it at noon. If you're going to do it at midnight all the time, fine, do it at midnight, but pick one. Don't pick and choose how you're doing it. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because the way my brain works is I try to look for patterns patterns and processes and what's going on here. And there isn't one. There's just It's just up and down. And, and last week was interesting because we saw with, um, I, think, I think it was Division, wasn't it? So Division launched. And then uh, a couple of hours later, they released the pro games for that week, the pro, mm. pro discounts for that week. Um, and of course, the, the two conflicted, the launch and, and the discounted prices, which, you know, again, caused confusion um, and was wholly avoidable simply by a bit of internal discussion. So something's not happening internally. It feels to me like there's two departments that are uh, one, one has kind of in charge of what content goes out and the other one's in charge of looking after the, the content itself. And the two aren't properly talking to each other and they need to align them. So that, um, as do you rightly say, Chase, there needs to be one time. And I don't, you know, in the UK, it doesn't bother me at all if it's 4 a.m. GMT. It just needs to be consistent so that when I wake up at 6 a.m., I'll know that there'll be something there. I actually think it came out before midday um, Eastern at the end, Chase, because I was, I was, I went and looked about an hour before, and I think it just popped up, and I announced it on on Twitter. So, you know, there's no consistency. I mean, midday makes a heap of sense, and yet it came out at 11 a.m. Who knows? I don't know. But I totally agree with you, Chase. It, it, they need to, to somehow get their two teams together and get one consistent um, release time. Right on, guys. Um, I do think uh, consistency is important, uh, as Chase. Highlighted. I said before that I don't mind if old games they release at different times, but new games they follow a consistent time. But um, I think uh, thinking back, that that doesn't make too much sense. They just have to be consistent. Of uh, we know, okay, there's a new game coming. This is the time that that game will be available. And uh, yeah. and mentioning about these specific two games, the Crew Two and lost words um the crew too have arrived with an amazing and i will say that again an amazing pro deal which i wasn't expecting um the game is down 67 percent and mm -hmm. that it's very uh, it's a great price gives you a great price and great great opportunity to buy and uh, i know that you pick it up that right chase I did. And you know what I was going to say is it's very interesting. You know how many people had talked about that this game better not be full price. The whole community was saying this about crew, if you remember, versus the division. And I think it's very interesting that uh, this game came out with a major discount. It almost makes me think that the amount of, um, I don't want to say upheaval, but the amount of uh, noise that was being made about that possibly played into it. Um, 
but we don't know. You know, we, I can't say that for sure. There may have already been a contractual, you know, uh, negotiation there where they were going to offer that larger discount because it is an older game. The one thing that Google is doing right now, though, and um, uh, Rock has touched on this a couple of times, Adam, is that they are shelling out cash where they can splash the cash and it makes sense for them to do it. They're doing it um, and they're doing it strategically. They're doing it in very, very um, they're doing it in limited spaces. And when I say limited, they're not just throwing it out left and right. They're choosing very carefully where they put that money. And you saw people responded to this. They all went and said, you know what, if that game is, you know, the gold edition is 25 bucks, I can't pass that up. Neither could I, I bought the game, yep. you know, for the gold edition. Guy, yeah, please mind that this value here is in Canadian dollars, but, uh, it's the same discounting percentage. Yeah, but also don't forget the um, Ubisoft store also has a, a raft of discounts across all their titles at the moment. So I think there's got to be a level of consistency there, particularly as I think it's clear how um, ingratiated uh, Ubisoft is with the platform. So you know they're mm -hmm. not going to undermine not going to undermine Stadia. And I think just one final thing, actually, Eddie, on the um, consistency on launch times. Um, and I agree with you, maybe with old titles, it's not so important, but if they're releasing a new title that's exclusive to Stadia or even one of their own, um, there will be reviewers that are under embargo, under NDA, not to publish for some uh, time period. And they'll, you know, they will need to know a consistent time where they're able to publish that story. Because it, it usually, um, the, if it's a WordPress website, for example, they'll set the date and time up for release of that article because they're probably in bed so if they don't know when the game goes live and they want to get as many clicks as possible from releasing that review, they, you know, they're going to suffer. So I, I think they're going to have to get that, they're have to going to get that in line for the point where they're releasing their own games at the very least and certainly new titles that aren't appearing anywhere else. Otherwise, they'll, they'll have the press on their back. Yeah, well, let's hope. And I think I, I, I shouted that out uh about 60 days or 100 days before doom releasing i said stadia please when you're releasing because doom was the very first big title to be released on stadia um uh, yeah did i say that right yeah the first big title released on stadia was gonna be doom and i said please when you're releasing doom make it available at midnight according to each time zone it wasn't possible but at least they selected one specific time zone and made it a midnight release. And um, so, uh, Chase, you said that you picked up the price because it was so good. Uh, did you have the chance to play it yet? First impressions of five, ten minutes of play of the crew? Very good. Um, very good game. Um, the It's got a very much GTA type of style to it. Um, I really like the way that it's it's set up, the way it's laid out. Um, and I actually played the first, I don't know, about first 30 minutes of the game. I actually was over on Megstream, um, and really, really had a lot of fun, uh, doing some of the racing in there. Um, you know, and you can link up with folks, you can do missions and stuff. It's, it's a game that I probably will play more when it's with other people. So if I know somebody's streaming or they say they're going to stream it, I'll probably jump in. And How Stream Connect works on that? Um, it's different. It's different. It's very much like if you've ever um, done live streaming on the PlayStation, you know how it drops the screen down for your screen and it shows you the comments on the side. 
um, it kind of looks like that a little bit. Um, it puts the stream connect in a, a almost like a grayish type of box um, to the side. It's, you know, one thing that's really cool. Um, and again, I'm just trying to tie this into the, the stream connect question. Every game from Ubisoft so far that's used stream connect is different. They have not used it the same way each time, which is, which is neat. It's, it's unique. Um, I'm not as much of a fan of the one on the crew because of the way it's laid out, but I still respect the fact that it's a different look, which I'm okay with. I'm glad that they're not doing the exact same thing on every single game. Okay. And uh, Rock, have you picked up any of those two games which come out this week, The Crew and Lost Words? Absolutely, both of them. Sorry, guys, I had to headphones. The Bluetooth set died on me. Can you hear me okay? Uh, We can even hear even better. I think, Uh, and I I was going to say that, you probably had the microphone from the Bluetooth turned on here, and now we're getting the good mic. Ah, perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah see the, the, uh, listen to that crispy voice, guys. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like ASMR. Oh, uh, it gives me chills. I, like, I, I like to think of myself as the David Attenborough stadium. <laughs> as, we, as, as, as we watch the wildebeest gracefully ascend us in the plains. Um, so... <laughs> So yeah, I bought them both, and um, crew. Uh, I was I was very pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it actually, because it isn't the kind of game that I normally play. Um, my girls love racing games, and I bought it because I thought it'd be a great one for us to play. And at that price, which uh, in in the UK was was twelve pounds, probably was it fifteen dollars in the states? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I thought, crikey, they both got buddy passes. I'll buy them. I'll buy another version as well, and we can kind of do some co-op stuff mm-hmm. at that price. Um, and, and Lost Words uh, is just a beautiful game. I mean, it is everything that we had hoped it would be um, from the various accolades that it had already received uh, and awards and so on. Um, yeah, it's just gorgeous, and it is. It is in essence in the kind of telltale. Um, uh, sort of um, genre in the sense that it's an unfolding story um, beautifully done uh, a very a, a very uh, heartwarming story which I, I won't spoil because right. I, you know you, you you are it becomes unveiled as, as you as you progress but they have a, a, a really interesting mechanic which I touched on in my in the review that I've done in, in the latest Stadia Rocks that will go live later, um, which is that you, you literally control two different characters with two different thumbsticks, um, which sounds incredibly complicated, but they've done it so well that it really isn't. Um, and that's that's nice. And it's nice to see. Um, that's the kind of thing you get with independent titles, you know, where they're prepared to try something different and not follow um, time-honored mechanics that, because they, you know, at the end of the day, that's all about the bucks, the AAA titles. So it's great to see these independents who are largely getting funded. Um, they can do stuff. They can try stuff out that that you won't necessarily see with the larger studios because the risk is too great. So yeah, hugely, hugely applauding that one. I think as well, um, my 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 children are not children anymore. Um, but if I did have um, young kids, I think that would be, it would be an absolutely lovely game to sit down. And go through with the kids. I would just say though that that there are questions with the story. I would want personally to be sat there um, with my kids to 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 explain aspects of the game. Which, you know, they may question. Um, nothing nothing to worry about. But it, it's just the sort of thing that I wouldn't necessarily leave them to question. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, a fantastic addition to the library. Again, you know, it's an independent. It's a it's essentially pocket money pricing, which is which is I think the the way that Stadia wants to go moving forward. Um, and you know, you it's a must have. I think both of them, to be fair, for what they are, a must have purchases. So yeah, it's been a good week. The specifically talking about the Lost World, guys, um, it has won so many awards. The game before launching. And um, now that people are playing, the developers of the game are jumping in live streams of people playing that game. So um, mm. yesterday, or yeah, or yesterday or the day before, I'm not sure, um, Meg from Megatron X, she was playing the game. She played uh, the whole game, I think about a five-hour live stream. And uh, oh, wow. the, the developers went there, interacted with her. So voice actors, developers, producers, they are all over um youtube watching and interacting with wow. uh, content creators so that's amazing guys yeah they're ignoring me i had the first but you know who the heck am i even that's a bro stadia for god's sake <laughs> i was gonna say they're, they're they're sitting there thinking well you know if we want to learn about uh earth uh this is not the time to do it <laughs> fair point <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm just grabbing here uh, to show everyone. These are a few awards that um, The Lost World has won. Best Story on Game Connection. Got winner of Most Original on Game Connection Paris. Winner of Best of E3 in 2019. Best Family Game on Casual Connect UK. Best Indie Titles on Game Connection Paris. Then indeed, it's a very awarded game. And um, it's making its run on Stadia first. So go grab it, guys. Um, Everyone who played said it's a beautiful and amazing story. I'll probably skip this one for now because I don't want to cry a lot (laughs) with everything going on. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'm a a big guy, but I'm a very sensitive guy. So go grab it and grab a box of tissues and be ready to play uh, first on Stadia. I think, Eddie, the thing is that, you know, again, um, uh, looking at this from the perspective of, of um, the risks that an independent studio can take, I mean, two of my favorite games of the last 12 months were independent titles on PlayStation. Um, can you name them? I can remember one. I can't remember the name of the other one. But the one that I loved was uh, Everybody Has Gone to the Rapture, which is uh, it's a stunning title. Um, uh, just, again, an amazing story beautiful soundtrack great acting and british uh, you know the best ones tend to be i mean that's what it is. <laughs> I, mean, I, you know, I don't i don't want to hammer the drum too much but um but that was a great game and the other one which i i forget i mean i can i remember the, the game it was it was a beautiful um uh, 3d setting kind of viking period about a, a girl and the whole premise of the game was actually about um uh, mental issues and and that was again very beautifully done very sensitive and they it was so good that they got um, purchased by Sony I believe as a studio so you know it just goes to show that 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 what I love is that Stadia and and we'll talk more about what what they announced at the uh, summit this week but they're clearly investing heavily in spite of of uh, early reports in the independence and um, whether or not that's because they need to uh, consider um, keeping a cap on prices, I think the key thing is that, that that's where the good stuff happens and permeates out to the rest of 
the gaming uh, the gaming world. Um, so that's exciting, and in and of itself, if only if we only ever got first class independent titles like Lost Words, I would happily pay my ten bucks a month. Okay, guys. Uh, moving on here, the last thing we have to talk about games uh, before we go to the main story of today. It's uh, the community blog post that happened yesterday. Stadia announced or re-announced MotoGP because we already knew this title it was coming to Stadia. Mm -hmm. And um, together with that, we got we are getting Monster Jam. So another two racing titles. This one is from THQ Nordic. And uh, Chase is giving his thumbs up, probably because of mm -hmm. the footnote, right, Chase? Uh, I, we can talk about that, yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, let's talk about the games here. I want to hear uh, your opinions on Monster Jam Truck. Go ahead, Chase. Um, yeah, I was talking about it this morning. I played the... God, I can't even remember the name of it now. It was in 2016. There was a Monster Jam title that was on PlayStation 4 that I played, and it was um, it was excellent. It's very, very good. Um, and very much an arcade style type of game. There are some real elements to it, but um, they're a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's a different type of game, and we need diversity on this platform. We need different styles of games, even racing titles. Like You don't want everything to be sim racing. You want some things that are just fun and just uh, arcade style types of games. So I'm glad to see that we're seeing this one. Uh, MotoGP, like you said, we already kind of knew about that one. So that one was no surprise. But again, one of the things that they've set the table with these cadence strategies is, is once they announce these through these community updates, it's only within a week or two, uh, usually, that we see the game come out on the Stadia. Um, so it's, I can't remember what the release date is for MotoGP. Did they list it in there? I don't think it's here, but I remember being closer to last week of April. Yeah, so that that one probably isn't going to be for a couple weeks. So it, it, I don't know if that's intentional by them that they're doing it that way, but all I know is that that's been kind of what the cadence has been in the past couple of weeks. Like with these indie titles, we knew within like two weeks we were getting those pretty shortly, and that ended up being the case for um, the uh, SteamWorld games, right, uh, when they did the announcement for that, so... Yeah, I think, again, there's this internal process that we've, we've only had a tiny, tiny glimpse at, which is, you know, that they 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 work with the studio to um, ready the game for the platform, and then it goes through some kind of QA, internal uh, quality assurance. Um, and again, I think it's almost like a separate, it's like, almost feels like a separate division within Stadia. Um, and, only, and only when they give it the, the thumbs up, are they then allowed to push it forward and, and, and put a release time and schedule in? And I think, again, that works dependent on what else is coming out in the near or, or recent future um, or, you know, what pro deals are coming up and so on. And also anything, any um, pre-existing agreements they've got with other studios. So you can, you can almost imagine there's a fairly complex process happening in, in behind the scenes. And I'm sure they've got an absolute wall of stuff that they desperately want to tell us about but until qa goes yep it's passed all the various tests they're not allowed to mention it yeah and that goes through that certification process um and that's that that that's the thing that we still don't have a, a pretty good handle on of what that looks like at google we know they do it but we just don't know what the process is and that's yeah. again as, as google starts to to mature like a nice fine wine um it would be nice for them to 
maybe come out and just say, hey, yes, this is how we do our processes. And just, just again, pull the curtain back. That's endearing. Let us see a little bit more. Let us understand a little bit more. So as consumers, we have an idea of what that process looks like on Google. We know how it works for Sony. We know how it works for Microsoft. We're still a little bit in the dark when it comes to Google. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, um, someone's just mentioned in chat the uh, other indie game. Hellblade. <laughs> what an amazing game. Right. I mean, that's an old man's memory. I'm sorry. It's no, no reflection <laughs> on the quality of the game. <laughs> so, guys... Uh, the footnote, which gave uh, Chase chills, as always, uh, it says here, more games are coming to Stadia this year, including, uh, big quote here, Baldur's Gate 3, ESO, and Superhot. Keep your eyes on Stadia Twitter and Facebook for more news. So, it's the second time Stadia specifically says Baldur's Gate 3 is coming this year. Can we believe that it's the early access is coming this year. The full game is coming this year. They need to clear it up, man. Like uh, uh, this, uh, I let it slide the first time <laughs> because, <laughs> because it it, 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 I thought maybe there was a miscommunication and maybe they just didn't clarify that, Oh, it's early access, right? It's the second time now that they've said this openly and they need to they need to clarify it. There's some folks out there that have said this week that it doesn't matter. Like the, out of the big scheme of things, this isn't a, a, that big of a deal. And I, I think in hindsight, right? I don't think it's like end all be all. But this is a massive game that's coming out to the platform, okay? And there are expectations that are being laid about this game, and you need to make sure that you do not do what you did last year and start setting the table that the game's coming out this year and then you have to walk it back. What am I talking about? The controller issues. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the codes going out. This is not something they need to walk into again. And that's, again, folks, if this had never happened before, I wouldn't be as frustrated about it or as like, hey, it's a problem because it's the first time that it's happening. They've had this lesson already. They need to have learned that lesson. And I'm hoping that someone goes back and reads this and goes, hey, that is probably not what we meant to say. And this is what we mean by that. Because if it's early access, that's fine. Tell us that. I think everybody expects that this game's probably not going to fully launch this year after uh, Lyrian clarified exactly what's going on with the game. But saying this out in the public for someone that didn't watch the um, the presentation that happened when they did their announcement um that's not good that's not good for a general consumer that knows nothing about the ins and the outs of larian or the ins and the outs about stadia we always got to think about it from that lens when you're communicating it has to be to a general audience and right now this is setting a very false expectation if that's not in fact what's going to be happening specifically because eso and super hot our game have already been released before um it's just the port that is coming to Stadia, although ESO has a new mod that it's launching, I think, soon, but it will not launch on Stadia. Stadia launch of ESO is closer to September, as I think I saw once, but Baldur's Gate being a big title as it is, and it's a new title coming exclusively on Steam and on Stadia, um, making the claim that that game will arrive this year it's kind of big balls. 
Is that what is that from Wipeout? The big balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I just realized that time flies, and uh, so we're probably going to stand a little bit of today's podcast. But let's talk about the main story of the week, which is the Google for Games conference that happened. So um, we had a lot of. Um, let me even pull it up here. Our friend, uh, where is? In the meantime, I'm gonna be speaking here. Uh, we had a lot of conferences going on uh, over the um, Google for Games. It showed the cloud conference, the Stadia conference, and and the Android conference. And in the meantime, when we were looking at the Stadia conference specifically. There are a few videos, there are a few um, specific keynotes talking about the potential of Stadia, talking about how Bungie ported the Destiny 2 in six months to Stadia, and some other specific videos. But what I would like to start talking with you guys, it's about what were your general perspectives. I know this is a yeah, developer's conference, it's not a, a conference specifically designed for the end customer. We had something similar to that uh, going on a few, I think a, a week before with the PlayStation conference. And now we get the, the Google version of this specifically to developers conference. So do you guys have any outtakes on the major aspect of what was presented? Thinking again, this was not for an end customer. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the if you look at the communication from um, from Stadia over the last 12 months plus, um, it actually has largely been to two developers as opposed to us, the, uh, the players, if you like. Um, and uh, their communications to us have been relatively uh, they're very, very comfortable, more comfortable talking directly to developers. But we can pick up a huge amount about why that is and, and where things are going by by looking at what they're saying. Um, and in, in particular, I think the thing that I think most of us were hoping there would be more said, uh, particularly in the keynote, and, and full disclosure, I only had time to watch the, the keynote at the summit. Um, unfortunately, I've not yet picked up on the other videos, but I, I will. Um, and you know it's very clear that that this was their um, this was their uh, invitation to independence to um, uh, you know to sort of strike the gong and get the independent studios on board. Um, if the previous ones, certainly last year, were were more about uh, <clears throat> courting the larger and supporting the, the the courting of the larger studios, this this one was very much about the independence. Um, and as I'd said to, as Chase and I discussed last week, um, as far as I'm concerned anyway, I think that that is very much the way that um, Stadia sees the future, the platform, in <clears throat> something I, I put up on Twitter earlier in the week, which was, uh, it's actually just a screen that I picked up from one of the um, developers that had a, a section in a previous uh, GDC where it stated that, you know, they saw their market as the non-gamers, um, which is, again, something I've been saying. They supported it. Um, and I think you know, this is where they're now starting to feel most comfortable. 
um, you know, they've got they've got general acceptance amongst the uh, the larger studios, um, and we're seeing the uh, other uh, <clears throat> cloud gaming platforms coming to the fore to support that. That generally is the right model to to go forward with. Um, but I believe that Stadia very clearly are saying that our uh, approach is to be attractive to everybody else. So getting the independents on board is crucial for them because that's how they can keep the price down and yet still offer very good, high quality uh, gaming experiences. So this was very much about that. I know that um, previous to this, uh, that was very it was very hard if you were an independent studio to, to get the ear of um, Google. And that's not in the same sense as the Business Insider article, which clearly stated that there was uh, you know, no love at all independence, which, which was never the case. It was simply that they had to focus on the larger studios to begin with. And if you wanted to become a developer, you had a few hurdles that you needed to jump. Well, they've, they've broken that down a bit now. So they've, they've announced Stadia Makers, um, which will be a, a program specifically for independence. But, but at this moment in time, those that have already developed previous titles. So there's a, a level of heritage there. Um, and I believe I believe that what they get as part of that is uh, access to technical support with Unity, uh, access to some hardware if they want to have uh, desktop um, development hardware, and even potentially access to funding as well, which is interesting. So, you know, I think there's, for me, it was largely, it was largely about that. Um, and I think that's, you know, on the money because that's the only way that they're going to appeal base particularly, um, you know, if they're, if they're essentially saying that, that they have, I don't know, three or four different stakeholder, stakeholder players. One is us, you know, the sort of diehard AAA, Call of Duty, give it to us now, we want it tomorrow. Um, and then there's the casual gamer, which maybe they have, you know, they're time rich, but uh, sorry, um, time poor uh but money rich and they can essentially pay a little but they just don't have a huge amount of time and then there's the one there are the guys that, that just don't have a great deal of money and let's face it that's going to be a majority as far as the world's concerned so they've got to get the price down and they'll achieve that through high quality independence and that's what this was about trees I had my mic muted. I almost pulled a, an Eddie. Um, so um, come on, <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I, no, um, do it. <laughs> so I, I think the um, for me the the big takeaway one was the independent development, um, which flies in the face of what Business Insider wrote about. Um, so I think Adam, I'm not going to touch on that because I think Adam's done a really good job breaking that part down, and I basically agree with a hundred percent of what he's saying. Um, I think the one that really on top of that that stood out to me was um, during the keynote presentation, there was the announcement about the cloud game centers. And I think this is something that is, um, I don't want to say it's under folks' radars right now, but I, I, I want to really stress to folks that this is a big deal in a way that I don't think we quite understand yet when it comes to network infrastructure. Um, and, I, and I think Adam probably can touch on this too a little bit because of his background uh, as well in just a moment. But um, what they're trying to do here is we already knew that elastic computing was possible in the data centers. 
and that there are those straight line pipelines. I actually show you this in the actual keynote, and it's kind of exactly what I explained before about if you go through any other internet service provider that's not directly with Google, you know, as far as Stadia is concerned, you meander. It's almost like a mountain road. There's too many connective points. There's too many fail. There are too many um, uh, potential fail points there, if you will. With with Google and with Stadia, it's a direct line from your ISP through their entire network pipeline. Direct connections. What they're going to do here is they're going to use an off-site um, computing site that basically will connect regions together and allow that off-site computing to happen at the game center versus at the actual data center, which does a couple things. One, it's that connective tissue, all right? That's that's a big thing that doesn't really exist in the world as we know it. We have those segmented servers. If you play any type of major game like an EverQuest or a World of Warcraft, it's regional servers. You can't really do that true connective tissue because of that. The other part behind it is it takes resources away from the data center where more and more processing power can happen on those server blades. Does anyone know where I'm going with this? They've talked about that large scale MMORPG. And again, I know folks have said, I don't think that's what they're doing. There's no reason that Jack Buser, Jade Raymond, and John Justice would be talking about that type of game consistently unless that's something they have their eyes on. They are thinking about this, folks. And this was an intentional nugget that was dropped to say, we can create a worldwide net. That's what this is, a worldwide net where a game can be connected region to region to region without having to task resources. This is massive. And this is a brand new type of thought process that I'm going to be honest, even Azure doesn't have this mindset right now. And they're probably, in my opinion, they're probably the best server infrastructure in the world. And and that's, I'm just being honest. That's Microsoft has a very good server infrastructure. <laughs> this is really next level thinking. And I really think that's the thing we're going to need to watch very closely going forward, because that was a massive drop out of nowhere. And what game did they use to talk about this? It was, it was really slick. You know, I think we might see Apex regardless on Stadia, but they used Apex Legends because it's a worldwide connective game. They knew that people that understand networking would connect the dots and go, holy bleep, what are you guys trying to do here? And it's obvious to me, they are setting the table for that large scale game, exactly what this is going to be. Chase, do you think that um, the announcement of splash damage uh, has anything to do with a specific game, or do you think this is something under wraps at Play Vista? That's an excellent question. Um, I don't, and I know we're going to get into this with the splash damage piece, but I don't think that game is the one that we're thinking of. Now, here's the deal, and I, I do want to be very honest. They have been working with developers and publishers behind the scenes for a lot longer than I think we even realize, and I'm starting to have to accept that now because we are seeing that. We're starting to see this trend of there have been things going on that we had no idea about for several, either maybe months before the official GDC announcement or maybe even a year prior that they were trying to work on with these publishers and developers. So there could be a game that utilizes that. I think this is the game though, that play of Vista is working on. And I think this is why Shannon stud still was brought in. I'm going to continue to say it. She is one of the most brilliant minds in the gaming industry. And they're going to task her, I believe to create this game. And it will be a God of war style type of game. And when I say that the look, the feel, but it will be a 24 seven world, mm -hmm. which is, 
that is beyond anything that I can potentially even try to talk about here. And I know some people might say, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and some people said I'm overanalyzing this. I don't think I am, you know, to be honest, in my opinion, because there's too many things that have been said out there. There's too many table set. It's almost like, and I'm going to end it here. Jack, John, and Jade brought out the plates. Okay. They set the plate. And then we got to this announcement and the silverware came out, which was these game centers. They are intentionally saying these things to us and saying to us, you don't think that we could do this? Oh, bet you you better believe we can. I think I think you're absolutely on the money. <clears throat> I think as well, um, we we can only imagine what that game is based on our, the context of what we know. I, I think you know what you just said, Chase. This is this will be something that I don't think we've even contemplated before, um, and it'll be an interesting evolution of the model. We're thinking about Stadia as a platform of a multiple of games in a library in a kind of Netflix type buffet way. But what if actually Stadia is le- leading up to one huge game, one experience that that everything else just kind of sits around the edges on? Um, and you know, and and you're right, the the kind of breadcrumbs are being dropped, aren't they? As each month goes by, there's just a little nugget here and there. Kind of implies if you stand back and look at it from that perspective, maybe this is the future of Stadia, Stadia 2021 or 2022. Um, but to get to that point they need to just keep an audience coming and growing and so on and so forth. It's a, it's a very exciting, very exciting contemplation. Yeah. Just one thing. Um, sorry, Eddie, just one thing that, that uh, you guys may be able to clear up for me. Um, <clears throat> Bungie said in their um, video, in, in their uh, slot, mm-hmm. that, that it took them six months to port Destiny right. and that they decided to do it after seeing the initial june march announcement march okay well that makes more sense because for me i was i couldn't square the difference i couldn't see how you could say we started in june and had it ready for november even March is, <laughs> is you know i mean just does it it's not making sense to me because all of the contractual stuff you've got the negotiations and everything else it feels to me like they were working on this way before march so go ahead, Chase. You watched that uh, conference as well, Ray. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I, I think they were in talks with Bungie already, but I think what sold the deal for them was when they saw what they were actually doing on the back end at GDC. And, um, you know, this, <laughs> I kind of get, I'm getting, I'm kind of geeking out a little bit. The fact that this game was able to be moved across to the platform in six months I don't think we need to undersell that. Like that's that might be the catalyst for some of these other publishers to say maybe it isn't as hard as we've made it out to be. Mm-hmm. Because Vulcan Vulcan and Linux is really not the norm for game development. It's not the normal infrastructure that folks use and it is something that can be very um it can be resource intensive, you know, and we're not even talking about games right now. We're just talking Linux in general can be resource intensive. And it can also be something that is um, maybe a little overwhelming, you know, when you've never played around with it or utilized it before for some of these publishers. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that this opens the door. I was really intrigued. You know, the, the Bungie presentation was so lighthearted and funny. They were really trying to like say, look, you know, you may think that this was, 
craziness or there was a lot going on. But in reality, we had fun doing this and it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. I mean, that was really the overarching theme of that presentation was it yeah. wasn't as hard as we thought it was going to be. That yeah. really was the, and again, I, I hope that that really opens the eyes of some of these folks that have been uh, maybe against trying to develop because maybe they'll now say, okay, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Because mm. I think it uh, are a Vulcan developer, aren't they? Yes. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they said that Doom took them weeks because of the fact that they're already in the platform. It's simply a case of uh, connecting APIs and uh, tweaking knobs and stuff to get exactly what they needed. Yeah, 100%. Good. Okay, so um, well, still on the developers that uh, were announced, uh, Chase mentioned we know now that Splash Damage, um, they are very famous for the job they've done with Xbox, specifically in Gears of War, or because, because Gears of War has the same acronym as God of War, no, <laughs> Xbox is calling just Gears, because if you say G-O-W, it's God of War, of course. Um, uh, Splash Damage had developed Gears, and they have um, some other titles, and they are developing a very first exclusive, as was announced in the keynote title for Stadia. I think from a consumer perspective, that's the big news for anyone who's not uh, tech geek geeky and trying to go over edge nodes and etc but uh <laughs> <laughs> or regional nodes um but we're getting a, a very famous studio developing an exclusive title for stadia and it's the first i would say after the the indie titles we know uh, we already played a few and uh, the indie titles that are coming and which is not from the Stadia Studio, that there's two Stadia Studios right now, one in California and one here in Montreal, and uh, some other on the works, some on the works on London, some on the works on Tokyo, because of uh, their job postings and etc. But anyway, uh, the Splash Damage, it's located in UK, and they will be developing a game exclusive for Stadia. Um, what do you guys think that game could look like? Well, I mean, the, the Q&A that was done on Stadia.dev with them was very interesting. Um, it put a couple things to rest. Um, they talked about the collaboration was very good, which shuts down again that Business Insider article. Um, <laughs> we also got to learn a little bit more about when we might hear more news about the game. Um, I'm sorry I'm doing this. My allergies are killing me today. Um, the... Um, they talked about they want to use all of Stadia's features, which, you know, I don't know. I don't think this is going to be a triple A game. Something just tells me it's more of a double A type of title because I, I just don't, I can't imagine that out of the gate, they've been working on something for three years. I think this is something that is probably going to be a, a smaller title from them but not necessarily that it's not going to be great or good. Um, and when they say it's something different, I don't, I really don't know because a lot of the things that we expect from splash damage are those, uh, sh you know, shooter type of games. Mm. Um, and I, maybe it's a battle Royale. You know, I, I really don't know what to think right now from this. Um, and I don't have any hints, you know, I don't know what exactly we're going to be getting, 
But what we do know is we're going to be getting news this year. Um, and I talked about it this morning that we still don't know if E3 is going to do any type of digital conferencing. Um, that's still kind of up in the air if they're going to do anything like that. August? Uh, no. Oh, did they E3, say August? Yeah, yeah. E3 used, used it to happen in June. They said probably something in August, but uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, just uh, I'm highlighting here, uh, our friend here in chat, Vaha, mentioned... Uh, Remember that it's not exclusively by uh, Splash Damage, it's with Stadia team. It's Splash Damage slash Stadia, so um, it's a co-production. Right. No, it is, and that, that's why I'm saying I think it, this one's one of those Stadia games and entertainment um, outreaches. Because remember, you know, we heard from them that they were going to be working for exclusive experiences that were partnered between Stadia Games and Entertainment and developers until they got certain titles up and running within their own studio. So that's one of these things. Mm. And I think that's why I'm saying, I think it's going to be a double A type of game, mm. but the interesting part that's in there is that again, they said later this year. So we're either going to hear this from an E3 style type of update, or they're going to be doing this through a connect. And I'm curious. I really am because I, 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 I can't imagine them going too far outside of their wheelhouse. We're going to get something probably in the style of a, an FPS maybe, but maybe with a twist, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's a really good shout chase. And my guess is that this could be the famed pro deal game, um, which would, would answer a few questions because I think what a lot of us have been saying is that if they're going to do, if they're going to do FPS, they're going to have to limit it in some way because the bandwidth usage is going to be a bit nasty. If we've got several million free base players, so you know to lock that behind pro makes a heap of sense so this this could be one of the exclusive pro deal games do you know i, I what stadia reminds me of to a degree i think this kind of links is if you go back a hundred years um to california uh you essentially got the beginnings of uh, hollywood or hollyland as i think it was originally called where of course uh, you had a bunch of independent film studios that, that came into one place where there was a, an opportunity to do stuff with their craft that they couldn't do in other places. Um, plus, they had a heap of sunshine, which helped as well. I mean, they didn't have to have uh, lots of large warehouses to do the filming. Stadia kind of feels a bit like that for me. It feels like, you know, this is, a, this is an opportunity for people that have maybe been constricted to a degree, not been able to get the exposure in traditional platforms and consoles, that they can actually come and have, a, have their work highlighted and showcased with no extra effort, in fact, potentially less effort. Um, and build a name for themselves. So, you know, I'm not, obviously that doesn't, that doesn't in any way um, uh, reflect on Splash Damage, who already, you know, hugely well-known and hugely respected. But just in terms of, of the generality of studios saying, you know what, I wouldn't mind working with you guys because I think this gives us an opportunity to do something different to what we're known for uh, and have fun with the platform, do stuff that's new and get respected for doing it and get highlighted and not lost in a sea of titles that we are elsewhere. Um, so, you know, that's, that's maybe one spin to take on. You know, it'd be really cool, and this is just really quick, is if they do like a crowd choice element where before you can move on into the story, your audience has to choose which door you go through, and then you have to figure out then how to go against the enemies. Like yeah. that kind of stuff is the stuff that I think when they say they want to use all the features, like that's the kind of stuff I think about, but I just don't know what type of game it's going to be. Like we, no. Yeah, Chase, you just enlightened me. Like 
this game here, Ghost Recon, uh, you have, let's say, a crowd choice where either you go stealth or you go crazy bananas and shooting everyone. <laughs> and the crowd choice gives you, okay, this is how you're going to be playing this mission. Imagine a game in the future where controller that there is no player that it's all ai and the crowd choice is is actually you know out um to allow the characters to do stuff a bit like uh the way that boulder's gate works chase so you know you, you to actually to actually elicit the next move relies upon the crowd doing an instantaneous vote uh and then the whole thing happens with machine learning i mean that could be fascinating uh, i've seen the interaction with that well, of course, in a simpler game like uh, Super Mario, but on Twitch they they made okay, let's everyone together play Super Mario. <laughs> it ended up not being so good. <laughs> yeah. But guys, um, th there's a comment here on the chat uh, as well saying, "Do you guys think the, about the potential of bringing multiplayer games to single player games?" Um, Rock, you who didn't saw the whole presentation, there was a keynote. No where um, Aaron Hoffman, John, as well, was explaining um, more uh, technical things on Stadia, and they, ex they use it Guild as an example, making Guild oh, yeah. multiplayer when Guild is, of course, single player, but it would give a split-screen multiplayer to a game that wasn't completely designed to be uh, single player, and they were able to do that fairly easy with Stadia. What do you guys think about that? Like some um, single player games, I'm going to take a, a big shot here. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is a huge game, but a single player. Can you reimagine like if that game becomes multiplayer? Are we talking, are we talking adversarial co-op? No, uh, co-op against the AI. See, this is the thing that I've been talking about, and I I want to I want to use this example to create a bridge because I think this is the perfect example that helps with something else that we've been talking about in this community. This is what machine learning and AI can do, and computational algorithms versus actual physical development. And what comparison am I making against is when we go over to graphical fidelity, you can do so much with AI with just painting edges and updating things that you can't do on a graphics card. Same thing with this issue with a, an extra player. If you were just to develop this and then go back and say, I need to add another player, you have to go back and write millions upon millions of line of code to fix something like that. Whereas with Stadia, all it's doing is flipping a switch on the machine learning side. And it's basically saying, here you go. Here's the instance. This is stuff that is is literally when we say next level stuff of what consumers are going to expect in their games and and get it in a fairly short window. This is going to be what the norm becomes. Um, and and you know I'm not trying to again to geek out here, but I'm just saying that like this is where we're headed, folks. This is the next frontier. It's almost like Star Trek. We're heading in that direction where we're going to make our way around planets and other, you know, solar systems and everything else, but in the concept of games, things we've never thought about before that were even possible. And, you know, this is where folks are going to choose where they spend their money. And we're going to get to see all of this happen in real time. Real time economics are going to happen this year 
and going into next year of people voting with their wallets. And there's your bingo. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that's the great thing about Star Labs, which um, Aaron Hoffman John uh, heads up. You know, they, they basically funded uh, a division and said, just dream your socks off, just come up with everything way beyond what anybody else is considering. And then that'll permeate down through. And there's stuff that's going on in there that may or may not ever see the light of day. But as Chase says, would just blow your mind as a as a gamer to see the kind of demos they're putting together and, you know, the sort of um, uh, minimum viable stuff that they're that they're experimenting with. Uh, and you will you the great thing about Stadia is that it can happen, whereas all the other platforms are all about putting on other people's games. This is about you know going way beyond simply adding a or creating a platform for other people's games. This is providing features that um, will be absolutely unique to this ability. The elastic gaming piece, um, you know, the multi-layered, the ability to essentially put two instances of a game together. It knows from the data being received from the controllers where you're controlling your characters. It can merge the two together, and you get this multiplayer scenario. So, so Rob, you know, stuff um, like that. I just Sorry. opened here. Um, it's a very one-minute and explanation about this. Go ahead, Chase. I was just going to say, and this goes back to the whole point of um, lifetime console, a lifetime platform. You you have it for the rest of your life because it's always being upgraded. That is a massive piece that Stadia yeah. needs to hit on. Yeah, absolutely. I still feel, <clears throat> for me, it still feels like they're not quite ready to do their big marketing. No, of course, it would take a while. It's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The platform is less than one year old. What we have yeah, is another early absolutely. proof of a pretty promising stuff. idea. Game bus. Yeah, and there's going to be more of this. Uh, what you, you know, see I mean, this is, is guilt. Gave us the beautiful narrative game from Tequila. View on, on what's going on in there. So, and then and they're going to show the instance getting getting duplicated here in a second. Can, can you see and uh, rock mm. my screen? Works. Mm. Those familiar with Tequila. Yeah, I'm watching through YouTube because it's still excels in artistic <laughs> sensibility, storytelling, yeah. and puzzle design. They have never launched a multiplayer game. And there it is. So what it's if amazing. we could take their game and seamlessly well, what's amazing is, is that the light, uh, even the light... Michael had a theory is, that the proximity of Stadia the instances in the cloud the would mean that peer-to-peer so -peer approaches to networking could have a There's all sorts of physics potential. stuff going on in there as well. It isn't just simply dumping, you know, green screening the, the, the other person's character into the game. There's literal interaction with the physics and the mechanics of the game. And that's that comes back to AI and computational algorithms. And again, this is proprietary stuff that you're not seeing happen on other areas or other engines. And this is what again, you know, and I know we just said that they're not marketing this, they're not marketing this right now, but this is something that they're going to be able to market to folks and say, here's why you're paying your ten dollars a month. It's not just for great games. But they are not marketing because this is supposed to be market for developers to know, mm. okay, this is the potential I know. I can do stuff on Stadia, and um, once the developers have this done, and that's when you market. No, of course, but I'm talking about a hundred thousand feet view because when someone's looking at a Xbox versus Stadia, right, they're going to want to know why should I give you the ten dollars for Pro? And what you do is you sell it on these features. You say we are offering proprietary methods that give you experiences that you can't get elsewhere. That's an okay statement. You're not promising something other than unique experiences. And you can lay some of those out. Certain games are going to have enhancements that other games can't have on another console, like what we just saw with Guilt. 
You know, another example would be the stream connect features, crowd choice. You sell those things. And when you do, people then are going to go, well, what the hell? Why can't I get that over on the other one? Because it's not physically possible. <laughs> and that's how you sell it. Yeah. <laughs> and also the features that, that we've all been <clears throat> party to since launch have all been largely around um, intersecting the viewpoint. So, you know, it's kind of YouTube type stuff. Whereas what they're now starting to show, as you've rightly said, Chase, is actually what they can do back at the data centers, you know, with, with AI and so on, which has, to a degree, maybe goes over the head of the average gamer. And that's understandable because until you see a video like that one showing how that works, you know, it's not something you can easily sell, but it means a huge amount to developers. So, you know, I think even, even the features that we've seen so far, some of them are interesting to me, some of them are like, yeah, okay, maybe. But this stuff, this is real, you know, Star Trek, the next generation. So that, that, that's, um, that's exciting for me, tech head that I am. Aye, 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 Captain. Steve, oh, great, hot. All right, folks. Um, uh, just because of, uh, I'm trying to keep the sake of this podcast one hour, uh, we're wrapping up here the podcast. Uh, we will continue a little bit here on the chat, but... Again, thanks everyone who listened to this podcast, which is available on every streaming platform or every podcast platform that you like. This podcast is recorded every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, of course, Adam, before I wrap up, please introduce uh, properly yourself because I didn't do it at the beginning of the podcast because you are a celebrity already. People, everyone know you. I wish. <laughs> so, um, so where, where uh, we so can find you? Yeah, so uh, formerly uh, Adam, uh, informally Rock. Um, I've got a, a podcast and a video extra version of the podcast called Stadia Rocks. Uh, I, I was starting to do them on a Monday. They've become too big and too wild, unwieldy. So they're kind of at some point in the week. Um, and I'm hoping to get the next one out in the next couple of days. But you can find them on YouTube and you can visit my website, which is uh, stadiarocks.uk. Trees. Uh, you can find me over at uh, youtube.com backslash stadia talk, uh, twitter.com backslash phantom UFC fan. And uh, yeah, catch and, me on Saturday uh, mornings. Rock, Eastern, Eastern. You will be doing a live stream later today, right? Uh, sadly not. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> I thought you were going to be on the, um, the Wingies podcast. <laughs> All right, we'll blopper. <laughs> That's well, gonna... but, I, but please, guys, go and watch it because those those three are fantastic. It'll be amazing as they are. Okay, guys. So thanks everyone who listened to this podcast, and I catch you on the next episode.